you know what that sound means? It's now streaming. Now you gotta ask yourself, did I watch three movies or four? Welcome to Now Streaming. Now Streaming on Now Streaming, where we learn what we are now streaming. I got you for 15 minutes. We're streaming along because it's now streaming time. Anchor has given Davi a penny. It TPYD is a free podcast. This week on Now Streaming. Welcome to the 74th episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, along with supposedly handsome Drew. That's me. Hey, guys. And Drew with you. Wait a minute. That's me. And I guess I'm going to go ahead and guess that y'all went and watched the Oscars as well this past weekend, huh? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, after well, we did a whole episode about it, it's like, <laughs> we, we have to. We did like three about <laughs> it uh, leading up to it. And I think the thing that we have to start this podcast off with is that we willed it into existence. The power of the dog only took home one Oscar, <laughs> and I was sure it was going to take home all of them. Right, right. So one is less than all of them, so I, I'll take it. Yes. I ab- will take it. Absolutely. And I did think it was funny that uh, they gave him Best Director, because in my opinion, winning that award and not winning any of the rest of them is kind of like saying, we liked your movie, but none of the things that were in it. <laughs> Not what you chose to... <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it's like... This is... Like, when we made our own Oscars voting, it became very apparent that I'd never thought about, like, how hard it is to compare Dune to, like, an indie film about, you know, cowboys, like, back in the day. Like, I mean, that that's not, like, the smallest feature. That's, like, Malcolm and Marie. Let's do that one. Like, Dune is this swathing landscape world planet building huge sci-fi film and then Malcolm and Marie is literally two actors in one house and it's like how are you supposed to compare those two yeah no I, I got you I'm with you on that um it was a it was a wild show for so many different reasons mm. uh number one being that I really did think that Power of the Dog was gonna win all the stuff and I was going to be like, that's it. Like, I quit. Like, I'm not good at watching movies. <laughs> I, I shouldn't do it anymore. And I shouldn't care. <laughs> and then, uh, man, with with Dune taking in, I think, six and just crushing it, uh, with Coda winning Best Picture, Love I was it. like, these people get me. Like, this and, is great. Yeah. And Best Supporting Actor, Troy Cotter. Best Supporting with, Actor? He was my yes. vote for Best Supporting Actor, so I felt justified. Dude, he was so great in that movie, and it was so awesome to get to see them. Mm. I teared up when everybody was doing like the, yeah. the sign language for clapping hands or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. and I was I was tearing up. And then during his speech, I was crying too. I was like, "This is a really cool moment," you know. And it didn't go to Jesse Plemons for looking like a wall piece of wallpaper <laughs> that was cut out from a home and dragged on the back of a horse uh, during Power of the Dog. Wow. So like that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Was there any? Was there an award that you guys thought the Academy crushed it on, and you were fired up about? Yeah, I mean, Best Picture going Dakota was the one that I was super yeah. over the moon about. Like as soon as we were done, like voting about our Oscars on our Oscar pod, I then went and watched like all of the movies or a lot of them that I hadn't seen, and Coda was one of them. And I was like, oh man, I would have voted this for everything. It was so beautiful. So all nine thousand of the voters got it right. <laughs> Uh, I will say the uh, Troy Kotsur winning Best Supporting Actor uh, for Coda. That made me really happy because uh, when I saw the movie, I was like, I love this, and I think he stole the show. 
uh, I was worried because it was a straight to streaming movie that like it wasn't gonna get all of the love that it deserved and apparently that was not a thing this year uh, no streaming mm-hmm. movies got all the stuff which also this is a little side tangent I saw a thing where somebody was like all the movies that were up for best picture uh, none of them were in the top 10 for uh, grossing box office Hmm. Uh, which I can see that you know a lot of times you get some more indie movies or whatever and they aren't the the big blockbuster you know Marvel movies for best picture but I also didn't know and maybe somebody at home can write in and tell me uh, I don't know how streaming like how you measure that against box office Mm -hmm. production because like I streamed a lot of these movies at home I don't know if they got box office credit for me watching it, right? Like, I don't know if there's a one-to-one value for like, hey, with I the streamed, monetary, yeah, gain I stream, of... I stream this for free at home. Did you get credit for like your gross box office score, Kyle? You look no. like you have a. <laughs> no, they don't get credit for. Box yeah, okay, office score. that was my thought as well. So, th- so yeah. them saying like, hey. None of these were the That's top ten. Johansson sued Disney's pants off after they okay. released Black yeah. Widow straight to streaming. Yeah. That's what I thought as well. So when people were like, "Well, none of them were in the top ten for gross box office," I was like, "All of them went straight to streaming. That's why." Mm. Yeah, not all of them, but a lot of them did. Yeah, or opened up simultaneously, simultaneously. in theater. Yeah, okay. and so yeah. It, it felt like a uh, I don't know, like a misnomer, like a red herring of a fact that people are going to be like, "Well, these weren't America's favorite movies," and it's like, "Well, your metrics outdated." So, hmm. well, yeah, not only is it outdated, but when has the Oscars ever been about America's favorite movies? Sure, I would say <laughs> probably never, or at least not since like The Godfather won Best Picture. Um, you don't think which. Shakespeare in Love was deserving of its... No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, some of the... Uh, the I think there's two huge snubs that I wanted to talk about. Um, first off, Dennis Villanueva. Mm. And I don't think I'm saying his name right, because whoever won, I think, like Best Sound Editing, the guy who accepted that award, he called him... I think he said... Villeneuve. He pronounced it... Denny Villeneuve. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, that's not how I've been saying it, so I'm wrong if, if that's the way to say it. Um, but him not being up for best director, but them still winning, uh, let me see, visual effects, cinematography, editing, score, production design, sound. Like, okay, so so what about what about all that screams we shouldn't put this guy up for best director? I don't get that. I guess they're saying that he had such a great team around him that any like it doesn't take a great director to make a phenomenal movie when your team is that incredible and packed. I don't think I, I would know. agree with it, but yeah, that's the only thing I can. Then the second big snub was Encanto beating the Mitchells versus the Machines. <laughs> I will take this to my grave that this was the biggest upset of the year, uh, which I didn't realize until watching the Oscars. I actually learned a lot while watching the Oscars, which I'm about to go through with you guys. But I did not know that Chris Miller and Phil Lord are responsible for that movie, um, which is incredible. They, these are the same guys who gave you uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, uh, the Lego movies, and they got fired from Solo half after they'd already finished the whole thing. And <laughs> uh-huh. shot. Um, so by, uh, by Howard, uh, Ron Howard. Um, but I did not realize that was one of theirs, and then I realized that I made a huge mistake because I said... Mitchell's Wrist Machines is the best animated movie since Frozen 2. And that's not true 
Missiles vs. the Machines is the best movie since Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was then, at that mm. point, the best movie since Frozen 2. So, mm. um, misnomer by me, but Phil Lord and Chris Miller are responsible for two of those three. So, I'll, I'll watch anything they do. Also, the Lego movies are in there somewhere, so I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. They're just great. And I think every time they make a movie, I'm going to see it and I'm going to love it. Um, some other things I didn't know until watching the Oscars. I wanted to run by you guys. Mm. Um Number number one, Kevin Costner has an Oscar. Yeah, for what? Uh, <laughs> How? Dances, dances Waterworld. Wolves. Oh. <laughs> My vote is for Waterworld as well. Um, I think you're right, Cropper. Yeah, you're probably right. When they were like Oscar winner Kevin Costner, I was like, for what? How? <laughs> Draft um, day. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think when you're watching the Oscars, it's like really kind of telling of which actors, you know, people who are paid millions and millions of dollars to read a script for a living it's really fun to see them out kind of out of their uh, comfort zone on live tv and like reading a teleprompter and some of them eyes are just like and i am reading the next yeah word on the teleprompter uh. or and, and some of them do it really really well and then you get some people who can take a slap to the face and keep going uh, uh, <laughs> without really without really you know, stuttering I don't, or stumbling over everything. I don't know how he recovered from that because that that dude's such a pro. I, that dude is a pro. <laughs> I would have one been on the ground and two probably crying. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't invite the guy who just recently played Muhammad Ali to come and slap me, but like he winced and like kind of pulled away as soon as contact was made. I think he was scared that Chris Rock was like gonna mess him up, and I think Chris Rock could have messed him up. But uh, 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 you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was we'll crazy, it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, my computer had started to lag, like the whole, like it had gone throughout, but I had missed it. And then you all started texting me, "Oh my god, that's crazy!" <laughs> I was like, "What? What happened? The best? Were y'all really that hung up on which documentary documentary was going to win for an Oscar?" <laughs> I, I love. I didn't Chris get it. Rock, uh, was like trying to get it back together and then at one point was like just go to the nominations like just yeah. here they are yeah. <laughs> like i can't do yeah. this anymore <laughs> that say whatever you want about the whole deal but chris rock's a freaking pro yeah he, he is. stood up there he took a slap to the face he kept going he could have derailed the whole night if he wanted to uh-huh. but he, he was a bigger man that was really impressive something else i didn't know uh kenneth brana did anybody hear how many times he's been nominated for oscars of different categories uh, uh, no, I can't remember. I want to say he at just, least four, five. So this year he broke an Oscar record for being the first individual nominated in seven different categories throughout their career. Wow. Oh, okay, I guess and this is the first one he had won. Oh, I didn't write them down. So oh, I okay. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming it's the two actors and director and screenplays. I don't know what the other ones would be. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Ariana DeBose, who won for Best Supporting Actress, uh, she marks, uh, so the, for, the, for her portrayal of Anita in West Side Story, she marks, Anita marks the third character in cinematic history that's been portrayed by two different actors, and both actors have won an Oscar. Wow. Wow. Can you name the other two? <sighs> Man. Uh, Batman. No. James Bond. No. Uh. Mary Poppins. Sherlock Holmes. What if I told you I was going to make you an offer you you can't refuse? 
then I would I would have to take the. Oh, offer. okay. That seems like a cop out. Oh, this Don was a Nito hint. Corleone. This was a yeah. hint. Ah, that, okay. <laughs> Marlon Brando and uh, Robert De Niro. De Niro. Okay, but that's mm-hmm. the same character. It's just a sequel. It uh, sure. Or it's not. Cool. It's not a. It's not a remake. Thirty years later, or like fifty yeah. years later, or whatever. That fe- that feels like a little bit of a cop out, but whatever. All if that one feels like a cop out, do you know what the other one is? Oh no! Is it like the same movie and somebody just got replaced in it? Nah, it's the Joker. Ah. Uh, Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix oh. um, for the Joker. That's so surprising. I, that, but I'll yeah, allow so, that because those are two very different portrayals of a very sure. different story, two very different Jokers in different universes. Sorry, Godfather, you do not get the not the podcast you deserve stamp of approval. All a hoax, and, says Crawford. And then finally, last thing I had about the Oscars, I'll let us move on to what we've been streaming. Um, did you guys, like... I, the Snyder fans were out in full force uh, <laughs> whenever voting for this fan favorite stuff went on because the freaking Flash going oh, backwards in God. time beat out the three Spider-Men from No Way Home, yeah. Avengers Assemble, that song from Dreamgirls, <laughs> and the Matrix Bullet Time. Yeah, And I was just yeah. like, in what world... Is that the best film moment of in in the history of cinema? There I, are millions, <laughs> absolute millions of scenes I would put between the fourth scene on that list and Flash's scene. I, I can't even I I can't even comprehend the fact that someone's like consciously saying this is the most cheerworthy moment of all time. Like like Luke blowing up the Death Star, like Miracle on Ice, like you're so no, 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 man. Is... <laughs> when Ezra Miller whips his wrists through the air and lightning I was ask shoots from out. Your professional opinion: How is his stance as he's about to so take off as and a, run at the speed of sound? As a PE teacher, I'm glad you brought this upon. Um, I I do have a degree in kinesiology and. I think he's supposed to be like speed skating, like Apollo Ono, like yeah. okay. speed skating through time and space or whatever. But it looks so lame. It looks so bad. Like yeah. I don't like I get like you're trying to be dynamic and like how do we make running cooler? And unless you're gonna put Tom Cruise as the Flash, which oh my <laughs> gosh, sorry, I need to sit with this idea for a second. Okay, and I'm then back. Army <laughs> of the Dead winning the fan that's, favorite yeah, that's what I was movie of the year. I was like, all right, so everybody's just like. This is super Zack Snyder fans. Are, <laughs> they must be the only people who got the links to vote. Because I didn't know I could vote. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know where to vote. I would not have voted for either of those things that ended up winning. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Listen, I love The Flash. And like, I'm just going to abstain from the conversation. Because <laughs> you can't know. There is no cinematic moment that is better than Avengers Assemble. And that is. Listen. That is, here's what I think happened. Out of all the alternate parallel universes that exist, the Flash found the one where he wins the moment, and that's the universe he chose to like bring us all to. That's nice. the one we're in now. Nice. Yeah. So we're in the darkest. I, I will say, right before I hopped on this podcast, my wife called to me and and was reading off an article where Ezra Miller just got arrested for like verbally yeah. assaulting people at a karaoke bar. So yeah. 
I don't know. Good. She was part in it. So we got that going for <laughs> Good. Um, and then outside of the Oscars, I watched a movie this week that I want to talk to you guys about. It's called Fresh, starring Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones. Have you all heard of this? No, no. I have not. So it was marketed as like a horror and thriller movie. Okay. Um, it is not horror, and it's not really thriller either. <laughs> it's like dark comedy. Um, but Sebastian Stan is incredible. And I don't think I've ever seen Daisy Edgar Jones in anything, but she was awesome too. And it's um, the reason I say it's not a thriller because it gives away basically the twist or whatever thirty minutes into the movie, uh, like before. And then once you figure out you know who the killer is, they do like the opening credits, and it's thirty minutes in. So like you have an hour and a half to to like. It's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting twist on a horror or thriller, if you can even call it that. Because it's not who done it or how they done it. It's <laughs> oh this person did it and you have an hour like, and thirty minutes left. And then in you're this like movie. figuring out like why? Or like No, not really. If they're gonna get away with it or kinda, yeah. Huh. But I, I it's really, really fun. I believe it's on Hulu. And if Sebastian Stan kills it, he's so much fun. Um, so I, I would highly suggest that. Uh, I think it's a good one to watch with the wife or the, the significant other um, because Sebastian Stan's so handsome and charming. Um, and it's a good, fun story. It's really, really dark um, comedy. So I, I really enjoyed that one. And I think you guys would probably really like it too. But I won't say any more because I don't want to ruin any plot points for you. Um, but yeah. Drew Allen, what have you been streaming, man? I am so glad you asked. I'm going to go both old school for both of my picks uh, that I want to talk about this week on now streaming. Both of them on HBO Max. Well, I say one's one's not so old. It just has come out. It came out in 2012, and that was Lawless. Have y'all seen Lawless? Oh yeah, with the with Tom the, Hardy. Uh, I'm sorry, it's on Amazon Prime. But yeah, Tom Hardy, Shia LaBeouf, and Jason Clark, uh, who we've brought up on the podcast as one of those guys that shows up in a lot of things. But it's you know he's definitely an O that he's an O that guy for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you said Guy Pierce and then Jessica Chastain. It's a really all-star cast. Kind of an indie film, but not really. But kind of came out under the wire. I don't know if a lot of people got out and saw it. But it is a really solid movie about Prohibition era. And Tom Hardy plays one of the coolest characters, as he often does. And it's it's it gets sad at some points. It gets crazy at some points. It's it's uh gets dark at some points. Um, Jessica Chastain's character is... Uh, cool, but she goes through some tough, tough stuff. You know, I think you know she gets attacked, and it's not so great. It's a lot of that stuff happens off scene, but off screen. But it's it's uh, some tough stuff. To, I think you should be warned about. I don't going remember in. this movie very well. That movie, but I know I saw it back in the day. That movie did make me want to make moonshine. The <laughs> I was like, well, I know what I'm doing today. Yeah, yeah. Shia Buff does a fun moonshine. <laughs> this it was an interesting. Part in Shia LaBeouf's career too, because he was after Transformers, but he also plays like the little brother, the youngest brother in the movie, and it's like I can't tell: are you like eighteen or are you thirty-five? I don't know what you're supposed to be playing in this movie, <laughs> but he does a really good job in the movie. I was super surprised, and he holds his own against Tom Hardy, who is just a force and everything. Um, but yeah, I would go out and see that. It's on Amazon Prime. The other older movie I want to talk about came out in 1958, called Cat. On a hot tin roof. The fact oh, that you man. think those are both old movies is uh, <laughs> the mark of a, I mean, deep millennial, almost Gen Zer. 
Wow. I think calling them both old movies is maybe a stretch. That So not only is Cat on a Hot Tin Roof an old movie, mm-hmm. it's also terrible, if I remember correctly. Oh, I would disagree with you. I quite enjoyed okay. it. I haven't seen um, it since I was like nine. So. Yeah. The lead, Elizabeth Taylor and Paul Newman, do a great job. And it's like a good family drama about a father who like runs his family and then gets a new lease on life and starts throwing everything into whack when everybody was like, oh, we thought you were going to die. I think Paul Newman does a really great job. Uh, I enjoyed the drama and the family dynamics of it, and I thought it does a really good job. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend it, but we have a bit of a, a uh, back and forth. I just remember him drinking a lot and there being a lot of yelling. Yeah, it's 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 not like a happy go lucky family <laughs> movie. It's and to... and also there at no point at any time was a cat on a, on a hot tin roof, <laughs> will, unless I'm mistaken. I will also. I remember tell waiting you're not for wrong. that moment. You're not wrong. I'll tell you, I also get that movie confused often with a Streetcar Named Desire, not because of the plot, just because of the time period. Yeah, uh, and like they're both also like plays that were adapted to film or whatever. And so uh-huh. anytime I hear either one of those movies, my first reaction is just Stella. <laughs> totally different movie. And this yeah. one was a lot more of an enjoyable watch, even though it's not like happy or fun. Really? It's definitely sad and they go through some stuff, but they get to a point at the end where it seems like things are going to be okay. Um, and the, the characters all go through some really cool and, and intense arcs and it feels believable that they're actually working through them. And it's really cool to see some really good acting in a in a nineteen fifty eight uh, movie that came out nineteen fifty eight. Cool. Yeah, Crawford. What about you, man? Uh, so, in addition to the Oscars, which we talked about previously, and uh, obviously March Madness is still going on. A lot of great games. Uh, that was a lot of fun. This was a, a great weekend for college basketball. If you're into that, the other thing I was watching uh, was a show, a new reality show, which. I do not really watch a lot of reality TV, but this is called Beyond the Edge, and it's on CBS, and (laughs) I'm watching it because Matt Singletary, friend of the podcast, his father, Mike Singletary, is on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Just briefly, the the premise is they drop a bunch of celebrities off uh, in the jungle of Panama and really do not give them a lot of comfort. And I have heard firsthand, this is not like a Bear Grylls, like, oh, I'm out in the jungle, but then I'm actually staying in a hotel. This was like a real life, figure it out, we're not going to help you unless you like, are dying. Um, wow. Are you telling me Bear Grylls is fake? <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there have been reports that part of it is, yeah. I don't think all of it is. It's a tangent. Don't worry about it. Uh but I lived. I lived twenty nine years, assuming that Bear Grylls really did drink his own pee. Are you telling me? I think he, he might. Didn't? I think he might have, but I think he might have gone back okay. to the Four Seasons after he did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, this was. It's a pretty fun show. Uh, you'll know some of the the celebrities on there. You know, they have uh, Mike Singletary, Ray Lewis, uh, Meta World Peace, uh, Jody Sweeten from Full House. Uh, they have one of the Bachelor guys on there, uh, country singer Craig Morgan. Uh, it, it's it's a pretty what a mix of people. Yeah, it's a pretty mm. wide array. Uh, so it, it's a lot of fun, actually. The craziest thing to me, though, is the announcer, who, when mm. the episode starts, he's doing the voiceover. He's like, "When we last saw our stars, they're here in." Pa-. Turns out he's actually there. 
and then is also like narrating <laughs> all the events. He like shows up in person and does the same voice. And he's oh, like, wow. here they are trying to walk across this platform. And, oh, she fell. If this was a skyscraper, she'd be a splat on the concrete. And everyone's like, gosh, oh, no. what are you talking about, dude? Like, why are you doing this? Uh, so he's we didn't even hire guy. him. He just showed up. Yeah. <laughs> he just was in the jungle of Panama and was like, I yeah. found my <laughs> uh, But it's actually it's, Two it's Hall of Fame fun. linebackers in this show. Along with someone from Full House who I've never heard of, some contestants on The Bachelor and Meadow World Peace. Yeah, Singletary's gonna wipe the floor with these fools. It'll be Ray Lewis versus Mike Singletary, mano a mano. Yeah. Do you like? I'm fired up. Survivor vote each other off, or uh, no? It's it's about uh, each individual is there for a different charity, and they're raising money, and you raise more money depending on how well you compete or complete the events. But at any point, you can ring a bell and like you leave immediately. Like when you when you ring. <laughs> Meta World Peace is soft. He's the first one jumping out. I bet. You'll have to watch and find out. Uh, wow. Okay. I will say I heard some inspirational speeches from Mike Singletary and Ray Lewis convincing oh, people bet. not to quit, and oh. it was one of the most like I'll never quit anything again <laughs> I've ever heard. I was about to say, I'm going to watch this just because I want to hear Singletary and Ray Lewis give some speeches. Yeah. I bet they're great. Yeah, so it, it's actually a pretty fun show, uh, but, you know, this is a guy who doesn't watch a lot of reality TV, but uh, I enjoy it a lot. Cool. And if you really enjoyed this episode a lot, feel free to let us know. I'm not even going to give the handles for anything anymore. You know, figure it out. Listen to another episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, something big coming up this weekend. Uh, Jared Leto is starring in Morbius. Which is a movie I don't think anybody actually wants to see, but I'm sure we all probably will get around to it sometime in the next year or so. Uh, And that brought us to our next episode of Singers Who Turned Into Pretty Great Actors. And that's next on Not The Podcast User.